Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the John Frisella Show. John, this is Cut Day. We're doing an episode called Cut Day because there's just so many moves that are going on in the NFL right now. As we speak, We may, if we publish this in an hour, it may be old news. Yeah, it could be old news already. I mean, I was really surprised, honestly, by some of the cuts around the league. Uh, some big names, some guys that you thought were safe, some guys that you thought were the second running back on their team got cut. Um, so it was a big shakeup around the league. Also, this will be our, our last show before the season actually starts on Thursday. So it's pretty exciting that we're almost there now. Yes, sir. Can't wait for that Thursday night kickoff. That's going to be so much fun. I, I, I'm look. I, I need recipes. I need different. I need game day recipes, different things like that to be able to eat snacks, all those things. I'm here in Alabama, so I'm thinking of like trying to figure out a way to do possum stew, John. If I made possum stew. Would you come down and enjoy a bowl with me? I think I'm going to stay up here uh, in the Northeast. I think I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, but I appreciate the offer. And, you know, maybe in uh, five or six years I'll, I'll consider it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on it for now. Hey, let's get into these uh, into all these cut days. We're also going to go over all the games and just kind of – I'm going to pick John's brain over who I should start, who I should sit. If there's good little gambling lines out there as well, that, we got to use a standard. And usually Vegas, is, Vegas lines are the standard of who's going to win the game or not, and that's kind of how uh, us as analysts figure out who we need to pick as well. Yeah, you can look at the lines as as a barometer and kind of help you with your fantasy football lineups. Uh, also, obviously, it depends on the the size of the line, right? If it's minus one, minus two, minus three, it's pretty negligible as to who's going to win the game. Um, you know, anything up over six points or so, it really starts to get your attention. So um, you can always look at that and try to uh, get an idea of what you want to do. All right, John, Adrian Peterson's big news right now. He got cut by the Washington football team, of course. I, on a show with J.B. Barry yesterday, I thought, you know, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs were one that were really going to consider bringing him in so they can win one for AP. But where he landed is kind of that same thought process. Let's win one for AP. It kind of gives him an extra boost. Yeah, so he ended up landing with the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's on his way there right now. I just saw on Twitter an update that he's he's heading over there to sign the paperwork. Um, and that's interesting, right? Because they have two young running backs there. They drafted DeAndre Swift, the highest drafted running back in this class. And they have Kerryon Johnson, who's still only 23 years old. Um, and he's shown some good things in the last couple of years. So it's interesting that they bring him in. Uh, he believes, based on his comments, that he's going to get some work, that he's not going to be there as like a coach on the field. You know what I mean? He, he actually thinks he's going to get some action. I don't know if that's true. I feel like they're bringing him in knowing that he's a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And they got two young running backs. They're both a little banged up. Carrion's been wearing a brace. And DeAndre Swift has missed some practice. And he might be a little bit iffy early in the season. Um, but I think ultimately he's going to be there to bring those kids along and give them some guidance and show them what it takes in the long term. Yeah, and, and they have had that injury issue. But like I said, a team like the Detroit Lions looking to get that little extra incentive, you know, a rallying cry. Let's win one for Adrian because he's never won one before. And let, let, let's just all go back in time a little bit. The Minnesota Vikings are a team Adrian Peterson would love to stick it to as well. So there, there may be a little incentive on his part selfishly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's definitely part of the decision because I'm sure he's gotten probably at least three or four offers because there's a number of teams that could use a third running back who could also carry the load if somebody gets hurt, not just the Lions. There's plenty of teams out there that could use one. So with that being said, it's interesting that he picks a division that he spent most of his career 
The only bad thing is that division is wide open, if you ask me. I mean, I know you got the Vikings winning two games, but uh, <laughs> but the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, the Bears, they're all competitive teams. So it, it's not uh, it's not a straight line to the Super Bowl, that's for sure. No, and uh, since AP is going there, I'll take Minnesota down. I'll drop them down to one. No, I <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the Chiefs, the Chiefs made some moves. They cut DeAndre Washington, who early in training camp was possibly uh, was discussed as being the backup to CEH. And they also cut Matt Moore, who did a, a fine job. He'll probably get signed on uh, maybe by the same team, maybe by Kansas City as a, as a practice squad member. What are your thoughts in Kansas City? What's going on in that backfield now? Yeah, I mean, the backfield's interesting. They really like Daryl Williams, right? He His name did pop up last year a bit. Um, he was a little bit off the grid. Obviously, they had McCoy last year as well, and he's out of the picture. Um, so, yeah, so they're, they're going to go with Williams as the second running back, which means they have Darwin Thompson as the possible third down back. CEH might be playing all three downs. So th- those are their th- three guys they're going to roll with. So DeAndre's a free agent. Um, you know what I was saying is I looked at the guys that got cut, and I said the Jets could rebuild their entire team. They'd be better than they are now with all the guys that got cut. So I'd take DeAndre Washington over Le'Veon Bell the way Le'Veon Bell looks. He looks like he's like 45 years old right now if you watch the tape. So uh, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, he, I think DeAndre will get picked up. But I'm with you. I think the shocking move was Matt Moore because the Chiefs are going to win games no matter who's at running back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's really not a big deal for them in the grand scheme of winning and losing, not fantasy. Um, but Matt Moore, that's a different story. We saw Mahomes miss a couple of games last year, and they proved that they could win when Matt Moore was playing because Andy Reid is a genius, and you could just have Matt Moore have a conservative game plan and not turn the ball over. But now you take him out of the picture, I don't even know. I don't even know where they go from here. So hopefully Pat Mahomes plays the whole season. Otherwise, they could have some trouble. Uh, the Patriots cut Mohamed Sanu and Lamar Miller, both of them just not very healthy this year. Yeah, uh, J.B. Barry, as you know, at Fantasy Coach J.B., he was a big Mohamed Sanu pusher this offseason that he looked great in the videos and he was shredded and he was in good shape um, and he gets cut. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. But, uh, yeah, that's another guy. You take him, you put him on the Jets, he's probably the second best receiver on the team. So, uh, yeah, so I think Sanu will find a home. Lamar Miller's a different story. Um, with running backs at that age who disappeared off the grid and have had multiple injuries, this is a guy who's had two or three major injuries, um, now he's getting cut by a team that could have used the help in the backfield. So it shows that he really was not looking sharp at all. Um, with that being said, I don't know if he's going to get another chance, right? Not like a Peterson who's still got a little something left in the tank. I don't know if Lamar has anything left. We may not see him again after this. Yeah, I think that helps that for fantasy owners. It helps clear up some things. I think this is good news for Sony Michelle owners. Yeah, for sure. Sony Michelle is in good shape. Also, Damian Harris is questionable for week one. So that really opens up the door for Sony Michelle. So basically you're going to have him on first and second down. You're going to have James White on third down, and you're going to get that sprinkle of Rex Burkhead that we always see. He always pops up out of nowhere uh, in different formations. So yeah. that's what it looks like in the first game, unless Harris makes a recovery and he shows up. All right. The Falcons cut Laquan Treadwell. I believe that that's a good landing spot for maybe a Muhammad Sanu. The Washington football team released Richard Rodgers. As well, it's kind of a, a tight end that travels around from team to team, but that opens up opportunities for some tight ends there in that in that place. Richard Rodgers was supposed to be the starter for this team if you looked at the depth chart, say, two months ago, maybe three months ago, right? So that changed pretty quickly. Logan Thomas is the guy now. Um, he's a hot name. Uh, by the way, what if I feel like every tight end's last name is Thomas. Ian Thomas, Jordan Thomas, uh, Logan Thomas. I, I don't know what it is, but... 
I mean, you know, uh, in the past, uh, Julius Thomas as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, Logan Thomas is going to step forward now. He's certainly got the fantasy upside. He's a very late pick, and they're talking about him. And Richard Rodgers is out of the way completely. I don't know if he goes somewhere else. He probably ends up being a third tight end uh, signed during the season. So that door is open for LT, uh, Logan. Yeah, probably Bears Bears need at least three more tight ends before the season begins. Uh, <laughs> well, the Bears two guys have been talking a lot of trash, by the way. Jimmy Graham uh, and Cole Komet, they've been talking a lot of trash in practice, and they, they seem pretty cocky. So maybe they'll be a good group for the Bears, although, uh, you know, it never really works out for your guys. I, I, I'm going to ignore that statement and move on to one that I thought – I. Man, when I got this guy as a backup running back, I thought this is a clear path. Maybe, well, I, I just thought that he might be able to really benefit my fantasy team if something happened to CMC. But Reggie Bonifon, he he got released by the Panthers. Yeah, I was really surprised by that because he's not really, he's not an older guy. So even if they felt they weren't super impressed by his development, I'm surprised they wouldn't keep him as the running back three. Right, because you're going to keep four guys for sure with the injuries that you get at running back. So that means he went from everyone thinking he was the number two, if you looked at all the depth charts, to being off the team overnight, basically. And the word is that Mike Davis, the veteran, you know, the big bruiser mm -hmm. um, that played with the Seahawks, he's and he's played with your Bears, but didn't get a lot of snaps. Um, he's going to be the number two running back. I, I got to think Bonifon is going to get a shot somewhere else. But then again, I'm so surprised that he got released. Maybe he's just really weak. Um, maybe he just doesn't show anything. I mean, I just don't know what it is with him. So we'll see if his name pops up again, but he's gone off the radar now for the Carolina Panthers. Isn't this a great sign of smoke with the like Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They released Matt Gay and Dare, and you only put his name down here to see if I could pronounce it. Ogumbawe. Ogumbawe. <laughs> uh, uh, they released Dare as well. I, I, lots of smoke there. And also at the Cardinal camp, they released Akeem Butler, who I promise you, I just read a couple of days ago, they expected big things out of. Yeah, I know. Hakeem Butler, I think, was the biggest cut out of everybody because uh, I would think if they talked to him on their own that they might say, hey, the door is going to be open for you when Larry Fitzgerald retires. So maybe they'll, he'll, they'll try to keep him around on the practice squad. I'm sure they would love to. The problem is other teams are going to be beaten down the door. I think he's probably the biggest name with the most upside that's out there. Um, there's got to be at least at least 12 to 15 teams that that might want to add him. Uh, Atlanta being one of them, right? That they dropped Treadwell. Um, we just talked about them, so that's something to keep an eye on. So it's going to be really hard for the Cardinals to bring him back on the practice squad because someone else is going to want him. So that that's a big name. Keep an eye on Hakeem Butler. If he goes somewhere else, like maybe Miami, right? Because Miami let a couple of guys go and they already had Albert Wilson and Hearns opt out. He could find some value there. So keep an eye on that name. And then the kickers are interesting. Matt Gay finished in the top 10 or 11 last year in kicker points. He's gone. Um, he was released. And then also Steven Hauschka. That to me was a shock with the Bills because the Bills are considered either the favorite or neck and neck with the Patriots to win their division. With that being said, there's going to be a lot of close games. There's going to be a lot of big kicks. Um, I'm shocked that they would release Hauschka because this is a guy with Super Bowl pedigree who's been really good in the clutch. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe he's getting old, but uh, that could come back to bite them. Yeah, especially with the Super Bowl aspirations that they have in Buffalo right now, you would think you'd want that that veteran kicker, somebody yeah. who won't get you know uh, who who won't get flustered at the last minute of a playoff game or something like that. So that, yeah, that, I, that, I was very surprised. I was really surprised by that. Uh, anybody else that you want to go over that were cut that that just you went whoa wait a minute here. Yeah, I mean it was what really was interesting was a lot of the quarterback names 
just to kind of track how their careers have gone from something with a lot of promise to going to nothing, right? So Josh Rosen was cut again. Uh, this is a guy that was considered neck and neck with Darnold, who was considered ahead of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and he's found no uh, value at all at the NFL level. Nobody seems to find a home for him. It doesn't work out. They don't like his attitude. Uh, he doesn't have the presence in the pocket. Paxton Lynch, massive bust, released by the Steelers this time. It hasn't worked out for him. Trevor Simeon had just gotten picked up as the backup quarterback for the Titans. He got cut right away. So it's just interesting to track these quarterbacks who once had promise, and it just never works out. It just doesn't go in their favor. So those guys are out of the way. Um, and then at other positions, like I mentioned earlier, Jordan Thomas, the tight end, he was released by the Texans. He had promise at some point. I could see him getting a job as a number two tight end somewhere else. And the two wide receivers from the Bills, they had a lot of hype at some point. Duke Williams, who got hyped last year, and Robert Foster, who got hyped the year before. Those guys are both gone. And, and again, back, back around full circle on these cuts. You put those guys on the Jets, we got a whole new team. But we probably won't sign anybody because I think we're just tanking this year. I, you know, something else, whenever we bring up these names that we're really familiar with on these specific teams, I find it interesting this year in the COVID year, when you want the players who have been in the system for a little while, maybe to come in and be that backup just in case something happens to your players, the NFL's marching forward. This this is not something that they are even, it doesn't appear that they're very concerned about. Yeah, that's a good point because it makes you wonder what the communication was like during the offseason while all the nonsense was going on. Were these teams doing stuff behind the scenes that we didn't know about, right? Obviously, they're not going to post videos and stuff because that looks really bad during COVID. You wonder how much communication there was either by email or small get-togethers in packs or going over the playbook because, like you said, they seem like they're not uh, having the same guys stay around, the guys that are comfortable with the book. Um, they're just going with the new guys, and a lot of the other guys are already on the same page, acting like this is not going to be an issue at all. We thought it was going to be an issue, but they're they're acting as if it's going to be status quo. So that's something to watch in week one and week two as we roll into the NFL season. If you are not following John Fursella, who is speaking right now on this show along with me, Wes Easley, at Loafinit on Twitter, you are missing something because he is a machine. He has his pulse on everything that goes on in the NFL. You can follow him over on Twitter, at LegendSports7 on Twitter. And John, since you do have your finger on the pulse of all the breaking news in the NFL, let me ask you this. Has Devontae Freeman signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars yet? It hasn't happened yet. Uh, it's it's really an interesting storyline, right? The whole thing makes no sense if you think about it because we thought maybe they cut Fournette because they were really mailing it in. Maybe they believe that Minshew is really a backup at the NFL level, which means they want to mail it in and they want to go for Trevor Lawrence. Um, so why, after you release Fournette, and by the way, he goes to the Bucks where we got to keep an eye on him, um, would you then, with three or four young running backs, right? You got Ozigbo, right? You got Robinson. You got Armstead, and then, of course, you have Chris Thomas, who's not young, but he's another guy with some possible value there as a pass catcher. You got four running backs there. Why would you even consider Devontae Freeman, who's similar to Fournette in terms of being a veteran that maybe you know is toward the end or the middle of his career, something like that? I don't understand the whole situation. I would just, if we, was re if we were really tanking, I would just go with the guys we have on the roster, see if a young guy steps forward and has a little bit of value for the future, and forget about Freeman altogether. So we'll see how that develops. But as of right now, he is on the radar. He is in the mix, and they are talking to him. If he does go there, I have to assume he's going to be their number one running back. So that's going to put him on the map as a possible RB3 uh, in a lot of formats. 
So I own a small business, you know this, and I understand some of the things that's going on. I don't think Devontae Freeman is going to sign with anybody this year at all. I just don't think it's going to end up happening. He may never play in the NFL again. I think he takes a little uh, – uh, he bows out. He's had a lot of injury, a lot of concussion problems in the past, and I would not blame Devontae Freeman for doing that one bit. That's just my gut feeling. But what I think he's I, what I think he's doing now is the same as other employees have had to do for me that have, that have uh, been terminated, let's just say – in, in order to continue to get the unemployment checks, you have to go fill out job applications at places. So right. I, I think that's what Devontae Freeman is doing. He's he's just filling out a job application. He's just, doing, at he's just doing it for show. He's just doing it for show to let everybody know he's still around. You know, it's interesting if, if there aren't a lot of injuries at the running back position during the year, which normally there are, uh, I would say that's a possibility. But I would just assume it, maybe it'll be more during the middle of the year, right? Maybe he'll get a few weeks off. Somebody goes down and then he pops up. Uh, because the team is desperate and they need somebody who can come in and learn the playbook quickly. So that's possible. But yeah, he's getting toward the end and he's taking hits and he took a real beating with Atlanta. He, he did a lot of work for them, uh, especially inside the red zone. So it's possible that he mails it in altogether. You are listening to the John Frisella Show here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can follow John on Twitter, at LegendSports7. You can follow me on Twitter, at LoafinIt. You can also uh, find the show on Anchor FM, and we encourage you to do so. They have got all the listening platforms there, so you can subscribe. You can then review. However you want to subscribe to the show, you can do that. You can find it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, what, what's some of uh, Google Play, all over the place there. So just follow the show, and then you'll, able, you'll be able to download all the past episodes where John and I gave out our win totals for the year and so forth. And John, don't let me forget, before the before the show is up, let me hear who your Super Bowl pick is before the show is up, okay? Yeah, but, we'll get it before the end, absolutely. But please, slap those stars and, and, and follow the show each and every day. All right, John, ch- check it out. We got a lot of games coming up this week. It's it's fun, so much fun. I know, I I get tired of analyzing all these things and coming up with uh, hypotheses of what might happen. We're going to actually be able to see games happen, and we'll be able to now know whether or not your picks are right, my picks are right. So I, I'm so excited for this next week. Wait, we're gonna we're gonna know after one week whether or not our win totals are right. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. If you could if you could tell all that off of one week of games, I'm gonna be really impressed. I already know my win totals are right. right. I just want to verify them with you, a stamp of approval. (laughs) Kicking off on Thursday, two great team names here, the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is minus nine and a half for this game. How do you see this one going, John? And tell me about the fantasy implications in here. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing before we get into the games individually, I just want to talk a little bit about strategy, right? Because a lot of people obviously... Betting has become more prevalent as it becomes legal in all different places and different formats. Uh, also, a lot of people do pools, right? They just, it's not a high risk. They're not putting a lot of money into it. They put it in the beginning of the year. They pick each game against the spread. So I'll just tell you a couple of things I look at. Um, one thing I always look at, I use NFL Sports Insights, um, and it'll show you the percentage of what people are on, right? So it'll tell you who's betting on who, what percentage is the public on. And uh, a standard procedure for people that are pretty savvy is to kind of go against the public, right? Because if the public is like 80% on one game, it's never that obvious. It's always the opposite, right? If it's a high percentage. So that's something to look at. And also you want to look at the line movement. So wherever the line opened at, like, for example, we'll use this game, the Chiefs, right? They opened at nine and a half. And on most of the sports books, it's still sitting at nine and a half. So nothing has happened yet. There's a couple out in Las Vegas that have it at ten and a half 
which means they're very confident in the Chiefs. So these are things you want to look at. You want to look at the percentages that people are on, and you want to look at the movement of the line. So that being said, right now it's 45% on the Texans, 55 on the Chiefs, uh, 9.5 going to 10.5. I am going to assume it'll be a similar situation to last year's playoff game, which is the Texans will uh, stick around in the first half and hang around, and then the Chiefs will pull away late. So I'm going to have the Chiefs winning by about 17 in that game. Yeah, I I could see that happening as well. And we always want to encourage everybody. I don't even put any dollars on these things. It's just that that, that Vegas is the standard that we go by, and that's how we kind of look at this. It makes it more fun than just picking the winner or the loser. And we always want to encourage everybody, though, if you're going to bet, bet responsibly. Don't don't go out and get a loan in order to make a living off of betting on NFL games. You'll you'll lose everything. Uh, so yeah, John- and also from the fantasy implications on this game, I will say. It's a little bit different for the Texans, right? Because DeAndre Hopkins is not there and David Johnson is new to the team. So I could see them being a little bit rusty and a little bit off. So I'm not I'm not particularly hype on any of the Texans. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot of work for Watson. He may need to do some more scrambling as the team gets their timing down. So that's definitely an issue for the Texans this first game. You can feel totally comfortable with all your Chiefs, all your regular guys, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Kelsey, I mean, this could be a good opening for CEH, but maybe I would pump the brakes a little bit because they're going to want to ease him in as he gets used to the playbook. So I would think the traditional guys are the guys you like in this game for the Chiefs, and uh, maybe you give the rookie one or two games to get acclimated with the offense. Yeah, and this one's got the highest game total of all the games at 54 points right now. I believe that too, John, about Deshaun Watson. We might be able to see him just just start running all over the field this year, and this will be a great test to see how that actually works out in my prediction on that. Next one, Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are minus three. I can't see my Bears beating the Detroit Lions this week. Yeah, probably not. I'll tell you the percentages, so it's good. You can you can lay the line down, and I'll kind of give people some perspective on it. It's 51% to 49, and 51% are on the Bears as of right now. Now, that's going to change dramatically in all these games as we get closer to Sunday for the Sunday games. Um, but that gives you a little indicator of the way the action's going. So when it's 50-50, it has no relevance as to what the public's doing, right? It could go either way. So you got to make your own decision. So looking at the line, the line opened at minus one for the Lions. Now on multiple books, one, two, three, four different major books, it's minus three. So it went two points in favor of the Lions, which means they're pretty confident in them. So if your if your line is at one or one and a half, I'm definitely going to go with the Lions on this one. So I got the Chiefs by in the first one by about 17, and I got the Lions in this one by a touchdown. What about the fantasy implications on that Chicago Bear Detroit Lion game? I know we can. I, I think we can all steam ahead for the Detroit Lions. You start whoever you got that says Detroit Lion by it, and just see what happens for the Chicago Bears. Though I'm not really sure, other than Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, well, the good news is you know you can play Tarek Cohen because David Montgomery is banged up, So you're and you might only get a small window at his maximum value, right? So if you're playing DFS or even if you're playing season long and you're looking at the last flex spot and it's a PPR, you could definitely play Cohen um, because this is his opportunity. This is his time to show that two years ago wasn't a fluke and he could make his mark now. So definitely I like Cohen there, Allen Robinson for sure. Um, the other guy who's probably going to get a lot of targets is Anthony Miller. And if you're going for a dart throw uh, in DFS, maybe you get Jimmy Graham for a cheap salary. Just keep an eye on that. Obviously, the Lions, we know how it breaks down on that team with the wide receivers. Kenny Galladay is the easy play there. Marvin Jones is the number two. Hawkinson, you know, he says he doesn't feel 100%. So I would lay off of him. And the running backs are tricky now bringing in Peterson. 
So what we've seen so far in these games is a lot of tricky running back spots. You might be looking at the conservative guys up top if you're playing DFS. Um, I don't like the Lions in week one. We don't know what the uh, the breakdown is going to be on the carries. So you're looking at Galladay. You're looking at Allen Robinson. You're looking at Tarek Cohen. Um, and you're looking at Matthew Stafford, really, in that game. The only thing you want with Terry Cohen is whether or not he has a fumble. If the, if the Vegas puts a line of a half a fumble for Tariq Cohen, take the over. Okay, that's a, that guy frustrates me all. And you want to have some more fun on the Chicago Bears game? Watch how many times Cordell Patterson comes in the game and does absolutely nothing. <laughs> we got, we got, just, just stop. Just stop. We got to move on. They're going to line him up in the halfback role. They're going to put him as the halfback. Oh, they're getting mad. See, I love football. It's getting me mad all over again. All right. So Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. I don't, I don't care what the line, the line is. I, there's no way Vegas is going to put the line at 20 points. And I think the Baltimore Ravens will win by 20 points. The game total is 48 and a half. Where I'm looking right now, it's minus eight. On the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Yeah, it's, it's uh, hovering around there. It's like eight and a half. So so one thing, again, I'm, I'm just going to shout out NFL Sports Insights. The cool thing is they have about eight different books that are major books, and they're showing you the different lines. So you're getting a lot of information there instead of looking at only one. So certainly you want to do that. So the line on this game is ranging from 7.5 to 8.5 and 9, right? And that's on the Ravens. So, Wes, I got to tell you, if you're doing a pool, I like your pick a lot because right now it's only 39% on the Ravens. It's wow. 61% on the Browns getting eight and a half points. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you on this. I think the Ravens are going to win by about 13 or 14. Um, that's that's my read. So we got Chiefs, Ravens, uh, and the Lions so far for my picks. Fantasy implications on this Cleveland-Brown-Baltimore Raven game. We're starting every single Raven we can get our hands on, right? But what about the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, for the Browns, I mean, I think I'm a little bit iffy on Landry in week one. I just have a bad feeling, right, because he was on the PUP earlier, and the guy's never gotten hurt. Um, I got a bad feeling. I just feel like he's not going to be 100%. So I like Beckham, obviously, there. Uh, I think you might be able to get a decent price on Hooper in Week 1 if you're playing DFS. And obviously, if you're playing in uh, in Standard, you're probably going to have a spot for Hooper uh, if you're toward the end of the tight end picks in your draft. Um, so he could be interesting there because you're getting a better value. It's his first game with a new team. Uh, and based on salary, he's not going to be as high as he normally would be if he was with Atlanta. So those are some guys to look at with the Browns. I feel 100% comfortable with Chubb. I have no issues there. Um, you know, the Ravens are a solid defense, and they're going to be playing at home. But Chubb's going to get his carries. It's not like he's not going to get his chances. So, and again, in fantasy, we want to go by chances. You can't predict the actual results. So he's going to get his opportunities. I don't mind sticking Hunt into my flex position, though, at all. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be one of those tight contests. I'm going to say take the under on this one, <laughs> but I, I'll take the Packers and the points with this because I'm getting two and a half. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a good point about the under because Minnesota is real tough at home defensively. They're just not the same team on the road defensively, but it's a nightmare when you go there, when you have to visit them with your offense. Um, 71% on the Packers so far, so I can't, I can't go that way. The number's too high. That's a that's kind of a good strategy is if you're looking at the game and it feels like a 50-50 game before you look at the percentages, which you look at Green Bay and Minnesota, it's a division rivalry, and you think it's going to be relatively close. If you see 71% one way, uh, yeah, for me, I have to go the other way because I know the game is a coin flip. So I got to go with my team, the Vikings, which is fun because we had a lot of argument about them on the uh, over-under show. So I am going to take the Vikings. The, the line on that game has been around minus three or minus two and a half for Minnesota. I'm going to have them winning by four. I'm going to go 24-20, Minnesota Vikings. 
All right, do you see any fantasy implications there? Do we need to start anybody in that game that just jump out at you? I mean, Dalvin Cook is a must-start, but... Yeah, Dalvin Cook is a must-start. Actually, you have some guys you got to lay off, so it's a good game to bring up because it's still iffy as to who is the number two wide receiver for the Vikings between the rookie Justin Jefferson and B.C. Johnson, who has really impressed people in camp and also impressed people last year because I believe he was a seventh-round pick and he came out of nowhere to get a role on the team. So having that uh, up in the air, I would just stay away from those guys for week one because you don't have enough information. Um, also, I think you want to see how the tight end situation works out in game one between Rudolph and Irv Smith. Obviously, we like Irv Smith more for the season, but game one's a little bit iffy, and I'm not sure about Cousins either because it looks like a low-scoring game. Like I said, 24-20 or 20-17, something like that. So the only guy for me on Minnesota that I feel comfortable with in week one is Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm okay with all the guys in Green Bay because the role's pretty clear. So that's Rodgers, Aaron Jones, um, obviously Devontae Adams, and Alan Lazard. But again, it's at Minnesota, so it's low upside. You feel comfortable with the role, but you don't feel like there's a lot of points on the table there. So it's not a great game overall for fantasy players, I'd say that. All right, Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game total is 45. The Jags are are plus 7.5 at home. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Uh, I'll take the Colts on this one, and I, I'm interested to see what happens in that backfield. I don't know that we can start anybody in that Indianapolis Colt backfield right now. I do think Marlon Mack will score at least one touchdown, though. Yeah, I mean, you got, obviously you're getting good price on Marlon Mack because people are so hyped on Jonathan Taylor, the rookie. So if you feel that confident, Wes, uh, that's, a, that's a good play for you for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, right now it's 57%, 43 on Jacksonville. By the way, on the percentages when you're looking at this, it's really not that relevant unless it's more than 65%. Otherwise, it's kind of a coin flip. So this is a coin flip at 57.43 um, on the Colts right now. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like all the noise with Jacksonville, with all, with all the action with the roster. Um, Ryquel Armstead has COVID. Fournette was cut. Devontae Freeman is possibly getting signed. Uh, Minshew feels like Trevor Lawrence is coming for him. The defense is crappy. So it's it's a little bit shaky with Jacksonville. So I guess the safe play is to take the Colts. I'm with you on that. Uh, in terms of the Colts, I think you got to play it in week one with the guys that you know off the top. So that's Rivers, right? That's T.Y. Hilton, and that's Jack Doyle if he's healthy. I know he's a little banged up day to day. So keep an eye on that. Those are the guys that are safe in their positions. Then you got to kind of see how the targets shake out between Pittman and Paris Campbell. So we're not exactly sure about those two guys yet in week one. All right. No, the Raiders travel to Carolina. Carolina is getting two and a half points at home. This game total is 47 and a half. Ah, that's a tough game for the Raiders to have to go to Carolina in an early game. I, I don't know about this one, John. Yeah, I mean, this one's going to work out for you, Wes, because you know that I feel like the Raiders are going to get probably eight or nine wins in that area, and you had them for less than that. Um, it's 73% on the Raiders on a road game. Oh, um, and this is this is interesting, though. The line did go up. The line opened at one and a half. And now in certain books like DraftKings, for example, which is a prominent book, the Raiders are actually three point favorites. So they're pretty confident that the Raiders are going to get it done on the road. The problem is it's 73 percent on them. So that that could be a mistake by the public. That is a really hard game to pick. I'm just going to go with the Raiders because I was on them. And if they don't beat the Panthers out of the gate, that's going to be a problem for their win total. So I'm going to take the Raiders, but that game is a sweat, right? You're going to sweat that one out. I have a feeling that's going to come down to the last three or four minutes of the game. 
Ah, see, I got the win total stuck in your head. Now you're just thinking about Wes's win total. You just want to rub it in my face, man. I, I can see how you're doing. I see how you're doing. Yeah, especially uh, the- that game, especially with Carolina's got low expectations. <laughs> if they can't get that one, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I I know that we can start CMC in Carolina. You you got to be able to start uh, DJ Moore as well. But I don't know if anybody else on that Carolina Panther team that I'm wanting to slide into any of my uh, fantasy rosters this week. Right. I mean, obviously you have, based on the format, there's a lot of different factors. You don't have to do anything with your best ball team, right? So Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson's a good guy in best ball because out of nowhere, he just pops up with those two touchdown games, but you don't need to do anything with your roster. Um, you know, if you're playing DFS and you're going for a lineup where you're stacking some stars up top with high salaries, maybe you could slide Curtis Samuel in there, in there you know what I mean? Or Ian Thomas as a very cheap tight end. Um, but I'm not, you know, you're not 100% confident on those guys. One thing to keep in mind with the Raiders now in this game is they traded Lynn Bowden yesterday, the uh, the rookie running back that they drafted. So that means they're highly, highly confident in jamming that ball with Josh Jacobs, right? So I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a monster against Carolina. Got to put him in for possibly two touchdowns. He looks like a really strong play in week one against the Panthers. Uh, here's a, here's an interesting one. The Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. They're all interesting, but this one just perks up my ears a little bit. 43 points is the game total, and the Patriots are minus six at home, John. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what I would do for this game. Yeah, that it is it is certainly the wild card game, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, again, on Sports Insights, they're going to also show you the quarterbacks that are playing. The only quarterback listed as undecided is the Dolphins game. It's in all red and capitals undecided, which is really interesting because a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, they pretty much guaranteed us that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback. Um, I don't know. You know, it's a weird, the whole situation is very interesting because I feel like if the Dolphins go with Fitzpatrick, they really have a shot to contend in this division because I don't think the Jets are going to be competitive. And the Patriots are a little bit iffy compared to past years. So it's a really interesting situation to monitor. We don't even know who the quarterback is in this game. So it's right now it's minus seven for the Patriots, but the line has dropped in a couple of spots to six. Uh, I'm just going to lean that the Patriots are going to win the game and the Dolphins are going to cover the spread, right? And the line is 43. So I'm going to go with like 24-20 or 20-17 to or 24-17, which would be a push in some spots. I'm going to go with the Patriots winning the game and the Dolphins covering the spread. So in a lot of my fantasy leagues that I've been in for years, people who don't set their lineups regularly or, you know, just just half-heartedly do, whenever they play me, they're all in. You know, they want to beat me because I'm, you know, big mouth and all that stuff. <laughs> and I, I think that this might be something very similar in this game where the Dolphins are just playing little mind games with Bill Belichick, right? Just having a little fun with them. Because Fitzpatrick is a, is a Patriot killer, I believe, in the past. Yeah, Fitzpat- you know, Fitzpatrick had a couple of games with my Jets. There was a year where we weren't really that good. We were like borderline competitive for the playoffs, and he lit up the Patriots both times that he faced them. He smoked them. Um, and that's a great point, Wes, by the way, because guess what? In the playoffs, the Titans with Mike Vrabel did the same thing to Belichick. Remember when they were playing with the clock and they were, mm-hmm. they were using their own tricks against them? <laughs> Do you remember that? I was, la- I was so happy. I was laughing so hard watching that game. So And now you got the same situation because you have Flores, who's the coach for the Dolphins, who came from the Patriots system. So now you have some mind games going on. I mean, literally, there's 32 teams, and they're the only team not saying who their quarterback is for week one. 
Um, that is interesting. So you're right. I definitely think it's mind games. And that's why I think the Dolphins will cover the spread. I think that'll be a little bit tricky, but I still think the Patriots pull it out at the end of the game. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah, if Tua plays, you take the Patriots. If Fitzpatrick plays, you pay, you take the Dolphins. I think so, uh, yeah. I'm with you. It, the New York Jets. I don't, I don't, we don't need to cover this game. John. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. 39.5 point total. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it. Wes, I can't take it right now. It's even The second you mentioned the Jets, I'm just like steamed. Yes, you know, we have a Jets chat here. Obviously, you guys know him from New York. The listeners who have been listening know that. Uh, we have a Jets chat here. I just spouted off like 50 texts in a row of anger about the Jets. Uh, I, I just can't. I can't take it. I just can't. I can't handle it because obviously we know Jamal Adams was traded. He's our only real player. C.J. Mosley opted out. Here's a funny one: the Jets cut James Burgess yesterday, who led yeah. the team in tackles last year. What I mean, what are we? What are we doing? Are we trying to lose this early in the season? And if they're trying to lose, what does that say about Darnold? Then just trade him. If they're trying to lose and they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, then just trade Darnold now. I bet they would take him on the Raiders, right? I, I bet they would be interested in having him as a backup in a race for Derek Carr. Um, there's a lot of teams that would take Darnold. So I don't know what the heck is going on, Wes. They drive me crazy. And here's the here's the funny part. You might even have to take the Jets in week one because that line is so low. What is that line telling you? It's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a grind. Both offenses are going to be rusty. That's what that line's telling you at 39 and a half. That means the Bills are going to win the game and the Jets might cover the spread. As much as I just made fun of them, this could be really low. This could be 17, 14 Bills. Wouldn't surprise me at all which means the Jets would cover the spread. I'm actually going to take the Jets because it's 62% on the Bills. So I'm going to take the Bills to win the game and the Jets to cover the spread. Fantasy implications that jump out at you at this game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like the Bills defense, right? So if you're playing right. DFS or if you're streaming your defenses uh, in uh, in your season-long teams, I like the Bills defense against the Jets at home in an ugly game. And a sleeper might actually be the reverse. It might be the Jets defense who showed a lot of life down the stretch last year in the last eight games when the Jets went six and two, it was all because of defense. So yeah, th those are tricky plays in DFS. You might get a good salary on the Jets for sure. Um, offensively, I don't see a lot there. Uh, it's going to be a low scoring game. The only guy who's got upside because you don't know exactly what he's going to do with his new team. Maybe he could beat the Jets over the top once or twice is Stefan Diggs. Maybe he'll trick you and he'll catch a couple of bombs in week one with his new team. So yeah. that's really the only guy. And for the Jets, Jamison Crowder, cause he's a safe play. And he's a guy who gets a lot of targets. So those are the two guys I'm looking at in that game, Diggs and Crowder. Got to dig a little bit deeper in that DFS, but I think Stephon Diggs will probably be too rich for my blood. Uh, also on this, you said defenses. Isn't that crazy what happened last year with defenses and their, their fantasy scoring last season? I had never seen that many defenses get 20, 30 points. Uh, it, it felt like you know the New England Patriots were setting the standard, this bar, really high. Yeah, the Patriots were unbelievable last year. I mean, especially the first nine games. If you go back game to game on their points, if you had, I saw something online, it was like, if you had Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, and the Patriots defense, you basically won your league automatically. You don't even need your other players just having those three. That's how significant those three players were. And I call the Patriots defense a player because they go into one spot. I mean, they were just off the charts dominant in fantasy circles last year. The Philadelphia Eagles. Go to Washington to play Washington. Washington is plus six. This game total is 43. I don't know that you're feeling really good about anybody but McLaurin in Washington right now. But Philadelphia, eee, Zach Ertz, give me Zach Ertz. And I think that's about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Philadelphia's got a lot of injuries. Well, don't forget, 
Deshaun Jackson, in the only mm. game he played for them in his return last year, had a monster full game with the Eagles, and it was the first game of the year. So keep an eye on him, obviously, because Ray Gore is hurt, right? So you got Deshaun Jackson, you got Ertz, you got a cheaper tight end play who's going to be real tricky, and Dallas Goddard because they have targets to go around with the injuries. So those are some guys to watch there. Obviously, you like Wentz when he's healthy. Um, by the way, if you go back and look at Wentz's stats, he's kind of sneaky with scrambling. He has some games where he has some decent scrambling stats. So those of you guys there, Miles Sanders, we got to keep an eye on that that leg injury. A recent report this week said he didn't look particularly sharp in practice. So that's iffy for week one. I'm probably not going to play him if I'm doing a, you know, a DFS. Uh, the Redskins, this is really interesting. This is about as interesting as the Dolphins situation. This is the only game where four of the sports books don't even have a line out. So wow. Pinnacle, DraftKings, FanDuel, and New Orleans book don't have a line on this game. It's blank. So I don't know what that is. It's either the Eagles injuries are a problem, or maybe they believe there's like a last second decision to play Alex Smith some nonsense like that that's going to change the outlook of the game. I don't know what the reason is, but here's the point. In the books that are open, it's 76% on the Eagles, and the line is holding steady at minus six, and that's a big indicator that the Redskins are the play. So I'm going to take the Redskins. They might even win this game in a shocker. If they don't, they're going to lose it by three or four. So I'm taking the Redskins to cover the spread. You know what else, Sean? I, I think Deshaun Jackson always has great revenge games. And and so, but everybody's going to be playing Deshaun Jackson in DFS. I'm probably going to go the other way. Yeah, he's going to be a popular play for sure. You're right about that. It's not it's not a super high salary. I took a glance yesterday. Um, it depends, obviously, if you're doing DraftKings or FanDuel, but or Yahoo. Some guys do that as well. But yeah, he's going to be popular. Maybe just throw him if you do ten teams, you throw him on a couple or maybe one. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Seattle Seahawks go to Atlanta to start the year. Atlanta is getting one and a half points at home. This one is jumping out at me. This one is screaming to take Atlanta. Now, I'm going to tell you about my history with this team. Every time it looks like the right betting play, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. But it's a fresh okay. season. The indications are against Atlanta for the most part for the length of the season. Not everybody's particularly high on them. It's 77% on the Seahawks, and the line is holding pretty steady at either minus one or minus one and a half. Uh, Atlanta's home with only 23% on them. You can't take Seattle in this game. You have to take Atlanta. If it doesn't work out and they, uh, you can abandon them the rest of the season, but to uh, open with a fresh slate and a new start, I got to go with Atlanta. And also the over-under is 49.5 or 50 or 49, depending on what book you're looking at. You got to like all of their guys in fantasy. That even includes mm -hmm. Gurley, who might want to impress his new team in the first game. So you got to like Matt Ryan, Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Gage as a sleeper, and Hurst as a guy with a big hype name. I got to like all those guys across the board. Yeah, both of them have very good point totals. Atlanta's got a terrible defense. I, I don't know why Seattle's point total is only down there, is down there around the 20s. I, I could see them going in there, and I think both teams are going to end up scoring over 30. I think you take the over in this game. Yeah, well, that's interesting what you said, though, why the total looked a little bit low. West for Seattle is, I think this is a setup because Ve obviously we know Vegas knows way more than we do. Right. They've been doing this forever and they got the algorithms. I think this is a setup across the board for Joe Schmo better to go, oh, Seattle and Atlanta stinks. That's the first thing they're going to think. I'm going to jump all over Seattle, right? So I think it it's clearly looks like a setup by the lines makers. They want you to take Seattle. Sometimes you got to do the opposite because you don't want to mm -hmm. be the guy who falls for that sucker play. 
I agree with you. It, something smells fishy there. They know something we don't know. It might be that early game start time or something. I, I don't know. Los right, Angeles, that could be Atlanta at home. Atlanta's much better at home than on the road. It could be that as well. Los Angeles Chargers in the afternoon games take on the Cincinnati Bengals. The game total is 44 points. The Bengals are plus three at home. This is the only game I have them winning for a long time this season, John. Am I crazy? <laughs> You're not crazy. You're not crazy. This one is really tough, right? You you and I had talked before the show off air. Uh, there might be some games where you just want to say lay off, right? I'm not going to say lay off just because I know there's people that are doing the pools and they're forced to pick every single game. They don't have a choice. So I will give my picks, but this is a, this game is a nightmare because you got Burrow in his first game, right? I do like Burrow long-term. I think it's going to work out pretty well. Um, I see him as maybe quarterback like 10 to 15 in the league. So he will be in the upper half eventually over time. But this is the first game out of the gate. And this is a Chargers defense that's got four elite defensive players. So I'd be nervous about his performance in the first game. And the same goes the other way. The last time I saw Tyrod Taylor play quarterback was with the Browns before he lost the job to Baker Mayfield. And that was against my Jets, by the way, on a national TV game. He was awful. He was mm -hmm. completely finished. So I don't know how he could be better two years later on a new team. So you put that quarter, those quarterback question marks in the same game, and to make matters even worse, it's 45-55 on the percentages. So it's a coin flip. So you got the two bad quarterback situations and a coin flip with the games. I have no clue. I, I'm just going to go with the Chargers based off of their defense. I'm going to knock the offenses out of this game altogether. So that means, I'm. by the way, I'm starting the Chargers on two of my leagues, my prominent leagues that I'm in, defense. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Chargers defense is the play, and I'm going to pick the Chargers based on defensive turnovers. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals, so we're going to go opposite on that one. I have to think about that a little bit because I, I, in the elimination pools, the Cincinnati was the team for me to have this first game because I don't think that I'd be able to pick them any other time. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out early so I don't have to fool with it anymore for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I hate the I hate the elimination pools and the survivor pools and the anti-survivor. Right. I don't it, like. I got at least 25 invites. I declined them all. I just it's just another thing you got to watch and it's a pain in the butt and it's a drag out to the end of the season and somebody gets lucky. It's just I just don't enjoy it at all. Yeah, that's why I'm picking Cincinnati so I can go home early maybe Arizona. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. This game total is 47 and a half. The Niners are favored by seven at home. They're minus seven at home. Yeah, this one looks like a lock to me, right? And I'm a, I'll get into it. And this was the, the game I looked at the most, Wes, prior to the show. I really was, was looking at this one as interesting. You want to read those narratives going into the season before week one. Week one, if you are sharp, is a better's dream. Because you want to go against the narratives, right? So here are the narratives in that game. The Arizona Cardinals are a flashy offense on the rise with DeAndre Hopkins. And Kyler Murray is expected to emerge and possibly be a Lamar Jackson-type superstar this season uh, in his second year in the league. And it's 71% on the Cardinals. So now you have the narrative that's coming in saying, here's this flashy offense that's going to show people what it can do. And the public is showing that they're going to follow that which is a bad sign for the people that are taking him, right? It's 71% on Arizona. Now look at the reverse narrative. The 49ers are all banged up. They got all these injuries. Their entire wide receiver course hurt. Uh, the running backs, there's been some issues. Who's going to start? There were holdouts, this and that. It's all nonsense. It doesn't look good. So the, the betters are doing the same thing. It's only 29% on the 49ers. That looks like a dream for me. I think the 49ers are going to win by probably 14. They're going to surprise everybody. So I'm going to take the 49ers to win this one. The over-under is 46 and a half. I think they're going to win by, say, 10 to 17 points in this game. 
Are you feeling comfortable starting those Arizona Cardinals, though? The Kenyon Drakes, the Murrays, the Hopkins, the Larry Fitzgeralds? No. That's that. That's exactly my point. Is I'm laying off all the Cardinals in Week One. Obviously, in you know, in our season-long teams, we're forced. Certain, like I have Kyler Murray on a couple. Of, I'm gonna play him. That's a no-brainer. But for the guys doing DFS, when you have a choice and you could say I'm gonna fade a team, fade the Cardinals because they got all the hype. Everyone's betting on them, and the 49ers defense at home. That's a nightmare. You don't want to face that. So I'm not taking any Cardinals for this week in DFS plays. And for the 49ers, you're gonna get a good price on Garoppolo. You want to take a look at him. You want to check that price point on Mostart. I think he's a play. But obviously, the super high salary, but he's probably going to have a monster game. That's George Kittle. I think he's going to be a beast. He might be the highest scoring tight end in week one. So you might have to pay up to get Kittle in the first week. I, I would agree with you. It would be a good would be a good take, though, no matter what, if you're going to take those guys. Hey, if you're not following John Frisella on Twitter, you should. At Legend Sports 7. This he, He's going to be I – can't, I can't wait to follow you on Sunday with all the Jets news. I, <laughs> I can't, Wes, I can't. I honestly, I can't take it. I, I could go in there right now as the GM and go through those cuts and make a team that could make the playoffs. They can't do it. They keep, ch- you know, I like Joe Douglas. No, no offense to Joe, the new GM. He's doing his, he's doing the best he can. But at least tell us, if you're packing it in this season, if you're going to cut and trade all your best players and not bring anybody in with all these cuts, you know, just let me know. I'll turn the, the TV off and I'll sit in the dark on Sunday. Well, and not only that, though, but you're going to have many opinions about many different start sits and all that stuff all throughout the week. And I I appreciate that stuff and I value it. And, and I like to dig at you a little bit. You're real good on Twitter at not putting down anybody else's pick. You're, you're a good interaction on Twitter. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. This is going to be a crazy game. I think it, this has just about a 50 point total right now. And the Saints are minus three and a half at home. I can't wait. That's going to be a good one, right? Brady and Breeze, the old gunslingers. One guy's 42, one guy's 41. Uh, Brady's first game on a new team. That's exciting. That's that's probably the, the coolest game on the board uh, in week one. Right now, it's 65% on Tampa Bay. Wes, see, you're probably learning a lot here on this first show. Again, the offseason narrative. Here's a team that added Gronk and added Brady. And what do you see right away in week one? Everybody's betting on them. 65% on the, on the uh, Bucks. You got to think the same old story. It's going to take a game or two for them to get their footing. So I'm going to take New Orleans because we already know New Orleans knows their system. We also know New Orleans is much more likely to cover their games at home. They have a poor record of covering on the road. So I'm taking New Orleans. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is the line did drop in, a, in certain spots. Um, with the consensus lines, Westgate, Pinnacle, uh, DraftKings, and FanDuel, they have it at three and a half instead of four. Uh, other places have it at four. Still, with that being said, I'm going to take the Saints to win by six points uh, in this game. Fantasy-wise, I think you could feel safe going with everybody on both sides that you know that you're comfortable with. Um, No issues there in the fantasy. For the betting, it just seems like too many people are taking the buck, so I'm going to go the other way. I actually like the over in this game. I, I don't. I don't know why it's only forty nine and a half. I can end up. I can see both teams getting up there to that fifty five range somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, I think the reason why it's 49 and a half is they're booking the Bucks for a bad first quarter, right? These these books are so smart. They're like, oh, it's their first quarter playing together. Uh, you know, they got to get acclimated. So yeah. that's going to take some points off their total overall. I'm sure they're going to get their rhythm as the game goes on, but that's probably why the line is a little bit lower. I think if it was later in the season, it might be more like 54 instead of 49.5. So these are just little things, little nuances you got to keep an eye on. But, you know, I wonder how much, and I'm sure they have because they Vegas, Vegas adjusts for everything, you know. But I, I just wonder how much the no no crowd 
or at least a smaller crowd in New Orleans is going to really affect that game because Tampa Bay is not going to have crowd noise. They're not going to feel nervous. This is going to be a practice squad game is what this is going to be. Yeah, I mean, the, these quarterbacks are not going to be nervous anyway, so it's irrelevant to that. But but that's a good point in general, and you know I've been pushing that about Lamar Jackson this year. Mm-hmm. All the people that were saying Lamar Jackson was going to regress this year, you have to factor in what it's going to be like for these defenses when they don't have the crowds backing them up on third down. right? For all of us that have been to football games, you know how loud it is on third down and fourth down. That really propels the defense. It gives them energy and gives them power. Uh, you take that away, and, and a guy like Lamar Jackson is going to drain you. And the same thing goes for any high-powered offense. They're going to pick you apart when you start to lose energy and you need that boost from the crowd to give you energy. It's not there. So I'm with you. Overall for the season, the high-powered offenses are going to thrive and there's going to be a lot of overs because the defense is going to be huffing and puffing. Can you start Ronald Jones confidently this week? Nah, I can't do it. I I can't do it because, first of all, Fournette's there. I don't know if he's going to be actually active for the week. He may not know uh, the playbook yet or they may not have sets for him yet. So we'll keep an eye on that as we get closer to the game. But they got Fournette now. They got Ronald Jones. They also have McCoy. What I've said this before. What if uh, Arians' idea is I got a lot of veteran players here. I got Brady. I got Gronk. I got Evans. Maybe I want McCoy to get some snaps because he's a veteran who's not going to make mistakes. He might not be good anymore, but he's not going to fumble. He's going to know the plays. He's going to be savvy. He's going to block if he needs to block. So with all those things going on at the same time, um, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be doing more special teams is what they said. I just don't feel confident in Ronald Jones, so that's a no. This was a big game for JB and I over on the Fantasy Magnet show that got released on Sunday. If you have not subscribed to the Fantasy Impact Today show, please do so. That way you can catch up on all the past shows. This was this was a golden nugget for us right here because we have both of these quarterbacks possibly going for over 50 touchdowns this season. Uh, I have Drew Brees. <laughs> of course, JB's got t- Tampa Tom setting all kinds of records. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one out of the three of us that's biased in a in a positive way for his team, yeah. right? You and I are always trashing the Bears and the Jets. He's Mr. Bucks. The Bucks could be three and thirteen, and he's telling me how good they are. <laughs> I won't even tell you how far he has them going in the playoffs, John. You're going to have to listen to the show to find out. <laughs> yeah, I will. I absolutely will. But I could already guarantee that he has them in the NFC Championship because I know him. So he probably has them in the NFC Championship in a neck and neck game going down to the wire with either the Saints or the Seahawks or the 49ers, and I don't know who he's got coming out of it. You can find that over on Anchor FM. Just type in Fantasy Impact Today Show. Uh, Dallas Cowboys go to the Los Angeles Rams. This game is at 52 points right now. The Rams are plus two and a half at home, John. The Cowboys offense is something special. Yeah, it is, and here's another one. This, This looks like one of the best plays on the board. Right. So let me let me tell you what defines a best play. You there are the high percentages the other way. Right. And there's no line movement at all. When there's no line movement at all. What that is telling you is that Vegas wants you to look at it the way it is. Keep it there and keep putting your money on the other team. And the money in this in this game is 64 percent on the Cowboys. And again, where you can see the connections and why week one is the best week to bet other than the playoffs. Because you're getting all those narratives leading into the way people are betting and the way the lines are being set. So everyone's talking about the Cowboys' high-powered offense the same way that you just said it, Wes. So it's 64% on Dallas. I'm taking the Rams all the way. No hesitation. Uh, I got the Rams to win it by four to seven points, which will cover the spread because the spread's either two or two and a half, depending on what uh, book you're looking at. And I obviously, with the over-under at 49 and a half, you like all those Rams guys. You especially like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, you might like Higby in week one, and I think you like Cam Akers as one of the better rookie plays uh, in week one 
fantasy plays. So I like the Rams, and I like the Rams players as well. You could probably get Jared Goff this week. Pretty cheap on DFS. I haven't looked right now, but I would imagine if he's cheap, you need to play him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You like Goff. You still like the Cowboys guys for the most part, like Zeke and Mm -hmm. Prescott. I would stay away from the receivers knowing that we don't know the breakdown between those three guys plus Blake Jarwin, right? We know Cooper's really the number one, and we know Gallup's the number two, but we we haven't seen it in game action how it's going to get spread around. Uh, when the clock is ticking and, and there's pressure on the game. So I would eliminate all four of those guys just in week one because it seems almost too obvious and everyone's saying high-powered offense, high-powered offense. So I'd rather go with Prescott because it doesn't matter who he throws it to. He's going to get his stats on his own. And I'd rather go with Zeke. He's not affected by who they pass it to. So those two guys for the Cowboys. And then for the Rams, I like all those guys across the board. Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Giants. Kind of a weird game. Kind of a weird week one game. You have the Giants at home plus four and a half. I have the game total at 47 and a half. I just, it, I get a weird feeling on this one. This is the first Monday night game of the doubleheader they'll have on Monday night. I've never, I don't, I don't remember Pittsburgh ever playing the Giants. Yeah, that's your, it's a really good point. I can't even think of a, a comparison to the past with this game. And you're right. It is a weird game because as always, and it's an interesting thing just in general, right? When they're listing these lines, they're only showing you the quarterback's names. What does that tell you? How much of football revolves around just the quarterback? The rest of the story sometimes is all noise. They don't, they don't list any other players who's starting, who's sitting. They show you the two starting quarterbacks. And this game is one of those ones where it's really interesting because what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger? He looks pretty healthy in the clips that we've seen from camp. But is his career coming to an end? He's 38, 39 years old, right? He's right on that threshold. Uh, He went down for the season last year. Antonio Brown's not around anymore. Le'Veon Bell's not around anymore. Emmanuel Sanders' not around anymore. Um, What's going to happen in his career? Which way is he going? Is he going toward a rebound or is he going toward retirement? So that's interesting. And then the same thing with Daniel Jones on the reverse end. Is he going to build off of last year or is the real Daniel Jones, the guy we saw turning the ball over, Uh, The more time and the more volume he had throwing the ball, he started to turn it over a lot. Is he going to be more of a flash in the pan and go the other way? So you're right, Wes. It's very unusual, the situation with this game. We haven't seen these teams play a lot. It's 25% on the Giants right now. Um, The good positive news for them is everybody seems to like Judge, the new head coach. Um, It makes me want to throw up, but I'm going to take the the Giants because it's 25% on them and it's 75 on the Steelers, and I have no clue who's going to win. So I'll just take the Giants to cover the spread, and I'll cover my eyes afterward. Yeah, and you always want to take, you always want to really check into those teams at home getting points. I don't know if that's going to be true this year because, like we said, the crowd noise, all those factors are a little bit gone. But the Steelers will still have to travel. And man, you know, you think about something else with this, with teams traveling, and, and we always like to be positive about this, but with teams traveling, you just wonder what kind of COVID implications that's going to end up having in week two. Uh, this, this could be really tricky. We're going to have to stay on top of news. Where do you get all your news from, John? Yeah, you know, I get it on Twitter. Obviously, uh, you have that article that I posted about all the best handles to follow mm-hmm. in fantasy football at John Frisella Sports. That's johnfrisella.blogspot.com. Um, so check that out. And that's certainly a lot of the ones I follow there. And then off of Twitter, I use Roto World and I get the updated headlines because they do it throughout the day, every single day, and they do it in the morning. Um, so you got Roto World, you got CBS Sports, um, and a number of different sites like that where they're giving you the updates right away. Of course, you want to check that Twitter feed immediately, Sunday morning, starting at about 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, You want to be looking at that Twitter feed all the way up to game times. And this year is going to be a nightmare, right, Wes? That's why I scaled it back. 
And, you know, my apologies to a lot of the guys and the girls who asked me to, to go into leagues this year. I declined a lot of them because who the heck wants to be scrambling five minutes before the game when you got to start and sit 25 guys that got COVID because yeah. they had to travel. You know what I mean? So you're right, Wes. That's going to be a real headache. Hopefully it works out in a positive way, but we got to monitor all those injury updates all the time. I think the NFL was so smart in scheduling this game last of all the games this first weekend. The Tennessee Titans go to the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are minus one and a half at home with a 41-point total. Uh, John, Tennessee and points? Give it to me all day. I know the public is on that side too, but, man, I will stay up late to watch Derrick Henry run a football. Guess what, Wes? For once, I'm going to agree with you. And this and this is important, right? And especially as each week we go over these lines, you want to lay down your strategy. Don't just start picking games because you see a high number, right? You see that 71% on the Titans, and now you're automatically going to go against them. If you're doing anything automatically, that means you're not analyzing the game. So don't do that, right? I'm telling you, you want to look at that as a starting point to start the conversation and start your mind going. But you got to make your own decision in the end. And I'm actually for a rare occurrence, going to agree with Wes on this one. I think what's going to happen is the Broncos are going to stick around and the people that say, ooh, I was smart. It was only 29% on the Broncos. Look at this. They're sticking around all game. I think at the end of the game, Locke is going to turn the ball over. The Titans have shown that they're really good in close games in the playoffs. Vrabel, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, physical, right? That type of team. I think the Titans are going to pull it out in the last three minutes and they're going to cover the spread and all those guys that th and gals that thought they were smart taking the Broncos at 29% on them are going to be like, what the heck? I thought I made the right play. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with the Titans by three points. Uh, it's a 42 line. I'm going to go 23-20 Titans. Yeah, and I, I could see the altitude playing a factor. I think that altitude really comes into play whenever it's cold outside and you're outside. I, 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 I'm not going to say it doesn't have any effect at all whenever it's warm weather, but I, this time of year, I just don't see that happening as much. Plus, we're talking about Derrick Henry, and he usually pounds the rock really great in the second half, and I feel sorry for any team having a lineup opposite him. I agree, and the Denver defense isn't what it used to be, right? There was a time, obviously, where they had DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller at, at his height point and Wolf on that defensive line and Champ Bailey. It's not like it used to be. So this is a team, again, they're probably going to look pretty spry in the first half. So you're going to watch the game and go, whoa, look at Denver. They're young. They're, they're excited. And the second half, they're going to get pounded by Henry and that physical style and the, the altitude, as you said, even though they're the home team, they still got to deal with it. Um, I just think Tennessee is going to get them at the end when the legs are tired and that grind really gets to them. We know who you're going to start for Tennessee, but are you going to start any of the Denver Bronco backfield? Are you feeling comfortable with Gordon or Lindsey or are they both just flex plays? Yeah, you know, I like the narrative of a guy who's on his first game with a new team, right? So if especially if it's a veteran who has a guy nipping at his heels, and that's the story that you have here. You have Melvin Gordon who got the big bucks, but he knows Philip Lindsay is a guy who already knows the playbook, and he already is popular with the fans, and he's a solid player, right? He's a good, solid backup running back. So with, those, with that situation, I don't like Gordon that much for the season because I feel like it's going to end up being more like a 60-40 uh, in Gordon's favor, but not like a 70-30 or an 80-20 split. But the first game of the year might be the time where you want to get him where he's got his fresh legs and the grind of the season hasn't gotten to him yet. So I do like Gordon more in week one than I would in other weeks. So I, I will play him in some spots. 
All right, that sounds good. John, that was wonderful talking all those lines and everything. We got it on record, too, I believe, every one of our picks. If you have not followed John Forselli yet, you need to do so, at LegendSports7 on Twitter. Also, you can check out his blogs. I'm sure he's going to have different lists up there all the time. Uh, just Google John Forsella and blog, and you'll find it right there on Google. John, good job. Great job. I look forward to following you on Twitter this week. Thanks a lot, Wes. I just want to wish everybody good luck this season, right? Because we're finally here now. So good luck in your full season fantasy, your DFS, your your betting picks, and check out the show because we're going to help you across the board. We're not going to stick to one thing. We're gonna we're gonna bounce around. And by the way, send us your questions on Twitter or on Fantasy Impact. Now I didn't get your Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I mean, look, the way I'm gonna do it this year is I just have so much confidence in the Chiefs, so I'm gonna make the conservative pick with the Chiefs in the AFC. In the NFC, I'm going to go with a bounce-back team making a run. That's the Rams. I think they're going to be off the radar. So I like the Rams to make a run deep there, um, and that's just a team to keep an eye on. But at the end of the day, I'm taking the Chiefs because I have too much confidence. They're like the new Patriots to me. Yeah, I got the Chiefs going there all the way there as well. They're amazing yeah. football team I don't, right I don't now. Make two, I don't want to make two conservative picks, one, you know, one on each side, so I'll, I'll go with the Rams on the in the NFC, but the safe pick in the AFC. Make sure you're following John on Twitter, at LegendSports7. You can follow me on Twitter as well, Wes Easley, at Loafin' It. If you have not followed the show, it's at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Subscribe to the show. Slap those stars for us. Leave a comment. Leave a review. If you have any questions for us, ask away on Twitter. John is a great interactor on Twitter. I will make sure that I interact with you as well. The Fit Family here would always like to encourage you to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.